Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into another Auburn Live show. Appreciate everybody for joining us. I am Justin Hokinson from AuburnLive.com, part of the On3 Sports Network. Um, if you're not a part of AuburnLive.com, go subscribe now. We're running a 50% off deal, I think through signing day, maybe. So just for a week, few days, I'm not sure. But uh, pretty good timing. We were already going to do it. And then uh, Auburn football decided that uh, they haven't had an eventful enough offseason. And so uh, they wanted to change that. So a lot of stuff going on at AuburnLive.com. Go check it out. Um, All right, let's jump into it with my special guest. Um, You know him. You love him. Memes, Auburn memes, whatever you want to call him. Look at him with his tiger hat back. Always. Always got to have the hat back. Total personality going on. All right, let's just jump into it. Um, We'll talk football first, and then we'll get into a little bit of uh, basketball. Let's just jump right into it. Austin Davis. Um, Auburn's offensive coordinator that they hired on uh, December 18th um, is now officially resigned on January 31st. So don't know what to make of this. I mean, I do and I don't. I mean, it's just a wild situation. Uh, but you don't see it often. Actually, what's interesting is Tracy Rocker did something similar last year where he was coming on board and then immediately got another job in the NFL. This is different. Um, you know, from everything we understand, Austin Davis – um, you know, he, he, he got to Auburn, did a little recruiting, was on campus. And then over the last week was gone and, um, and, uh, just took some time off basically. And, um, then released a, uh, you know, a, a, some quotes on Monday, Auburn released an official statement saying that he's out. Um, essentially Austin Davis says it was a personal decision, 100% personal. He wants to spend time with his family after the grind at the NFL, um, and I, I think he jumped back into college and thought, go to go back to the South, co- coach young kids, uh, being around a college atmosphere. But I think that he got into it in the recruiting grind and demands. And I think maybe there's just going to be more than he thought. And, and he made a quick decision that maybe he needs to just take a take a step back. Maybe he goes to the NFL, but but just take a step back, maybe not get into college anyway. Um, so just kind of a wild decision. Um I give Austin Davis some credit. It's not easy to jump into what he did and then immediately decide maybe I made the wrong decision and cut the cord. Um, that's not an easy decision. I don't think everybody's got their own opinion. From what I understand, I, I don't know how you really put this on Brian Harson. Um, I mean, he hired the guy, was excited about the job, and um, and then he he just he just decides this isn't what he's supposed to be doing. I don't know how, if you're Brian Harson, you're supposed to know that. I, I, I just don't. Maybe there's more details in there that um, we don't know, but I'm just not. I'm not sure how much you can lay at the feet of Brian Harson in this. Um, and so it is what it is. You know, we we reported on Auburn Live that I think the first choice would be to just promote Eric Keysaw to offensive coordinator. What a rise for that guy, right? Becomes receivers coach and offensive coordinator within the year, um, and then go hire a quarterback coach. If that's not the direction they go, we'll, we'll see. If Keesaw still is reluctant to take the OC job, then we'll see what happens. But it's just another thing, memes, on uh, on this, you know, with, with Brian Harson since he's been hired. I mean, once he hires a new offensive coordinator, that will be technically the third offensive coordinator, and, and he's now had two defensive coordinators. So he's got five coordinators um, before he coaches his second season. Um, and he's got six wins. Well, it's and wild that we throw in some of the assistants. So I, it's just another thing to throw on there, man. How do you, is this another red flag for you? Like what's just kind of your immediate reaction? Well, we thought it was bad with Gus with, uh, with coordinator turnovers. And now here we are with almost a, uh, 
reality TV show drama in the making. So I don't know if some spinoff of Hard Knocks or somebody needs to get down to Auburn with the <clears throat> video camera because I think they could uh, maybe onto something with what's happening here. The the knee jerk gut reaction to this is definitely not good. And I was one of the people who I'll self admittedly say I raised the red flag very prematurely with the Cornelius Williams stepping back, fired, release, gone away situation. Because being from an over the mountain guy, I remember Cornelius Williams playing high school in Hoover, followed his career uh, from there. And I thought that was going to be a home run hit. Just if nothing else, his connections and the recruiting kind of young and up and rising star. And that didn't work out. And it just felt like that was the first domino of now many progressively larger ones. And we, we could see a coaching. It's very clearly that coordinator turnover is never good, whether it be with assistants or obviously the guys at the top and especially the coach. So I think the real question here that you're sort of hitting at and that we're all wondering is how much of this is on Harson? How much of this is on Auburn and how much of this is just terrible luck that just really couldn't have been for being foreseen. Cause when a player comes in, we know that guys will commit and they'll sign and they'll get in the spring and they don't even make it through summer for this reason, that or another. And you can't really put a lot of blame on that in certain situations on the coaches. So that's really what we kind of have to wonder. And unfortunately there's a lot of coordinators to look at, you know, you look at what happened to Easton's, Oh, you know, he went to Clemson and well, yeah, that was his alma mater. So we can kind of write that one off still scratching our heads and wondering what's going on with Derek Mason. I've had some basketball swag and I had to wear the football Jersey today because it's, we got some football talk. So I, I was hoping the most exciting football news we were going to have over the last few days is Brian Harson chunking some chis- chicken biscuits at the basketball game again. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not it. And I was also hoping, okay, maybe the worst thing I ought to think about is the debate of what did Derek Mason do. So I do tend to lean with you. I just don't see how this could be foreseen. I don't really see how he could be in Auburn long enough to be some type of clash of personalities or things like that. So there seemed to be a lot of hype and attention and excitement from him, his former players, and, of course, the staff, obviously things that Pete Carroll said from the Seattle side. So I just don't see how this could have been just some type of melting pot waiting to explode. I do want to lean to just the fact of it had to have been some type of just personal issues of the stress because sometimes you do new things and you just realize pretty immediately, like, hey, this isn't going to work out. I'm hoping and chalking it up. Obviously, we this is still developing, so we don't know that this is just horrendous luck. And, I mean, I think it's really going to test Brian Harson's leadership to see how he is going to end up handling this. Because we can remember even when the Tuberville days that – and, I mean, even – yeah, I mean, I'd say Tuberville days especially, you had a lot of wild offensive coordinator situations through there and him being kind of the defensive guy and how he handled those we're sort of back to that again, but with a lot more coverage than we had back in the uh, early and then I guess the late 2000s of both times, it was sort of a major turnover. So this is something that fans are disgruntled with, but I don't think a situation this chaotic is something that they're quite used to because this one is definitely a very unique when all things considered. And it's definitely going to leave a lot of people with a lot of questions. Yeah, it's an odd one. Um, so you'll have, you know, we talked about the five coordinators, and then obviously you go Nick, Nick Easton to Jimmy Brumball. Uh, you hire Christian Robinson to replace Schmetting at linebackers. And so uh, it's just a lot's going on. I, I understand, you know, look, I I get the red flags. I understand why fans are, are, are where they are in terms of Brian Harson. There's a certain fan base that's saying it is not going to work. I've already seen enough. Uh, there's a certain fan base that's probably, um, you know, hey, I've seen a lot, but let's just wait another year. They're, they're, they're kind of all over the map. And I get everybody's stance on that. If you came to me and said, um, you know, hey, he's not going to work. Too many red flags. I'm already telling you. I, I, it'd be hard for me to s- debate you. I mean, that's your, certainly your thought. And it'd be hard for me to tell you you're wrong. There have been a lot of red flags, whether it's the coaching, uh, the, the, the coaching staff shakeup, Bo Nix transferring, just stuff that you're like, Maybe there's different degrees of how much it's Harson's fault or not fault or whatever, but just when that many things kind of happen at the same time in a program, uh, it just makes you it just makes you wonder. Um, and so the Austin Davis is just kind of another one. It's just another one. Um, I do think I'm just trying to keep some perspective on this. I've I've long said, look, we need to give uh, Harson time. You know, you need to give him. You know, you got to give a guy time to set his culture and build a program. I'm really trying not to make a lot of judgments on him until, at the minimum, 
after after next recruiting class. See him another spring, see another fall, see another recruiting class. Um, I mean, I got thoughts right now, but I wouldn't say they're concrete just because there's a lot going on. Let's at least see two years. My gosh. I mean, we live in a world now where you're going to see one year. And I get there's been some crazy things happen. But um, just I mean, just keep in mind this team was 6-2 and two and number 12 in the country. I mean, that's how quickly now it's going the other direction. I mean, so I would ask everybody that's, that's waving the red flags, what was your thought when Auburn beat Ole Miss and was 6-2? and two? Um, You know, what were your thoughts? And so then, obviously, they, they collapse and lose those second half, lose second halves and lose games, and and then and then uh, you know Mason leaves, and and there's been things that have made you now wonder. But um, it, it's you know it's not like the season was a disaster from the from the get go. They could have beaten Penn State. Like there was things that it could have gone the other direction. So I just say let's wait another year and sort of see. Um, I also think, man, I there, there's just what Brian Harson's trying to do in the time he's trying to do it, man, there's a lot going on. Imagine going from Boise State to Auburn uh, and making that transition just alone. Head coach from Boise State to Auburn in the SEC in the midst of what's going on with Bama and Georgia and A&M. That's a hard enough challenge in and of itself. Then you throw on the fact that he's trying to completely change the culture. He's not just coming in and saying, well, let's just kind of keep this thing rolling. It's not what's happening. He's, he's changing the culture to fit what he expects from the players and the coaches. Uh, so you have that. He could be going to any conference. You have, you have the, 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 the level of, uh, of, of competition is raised, and he's also now trying to change the culture dramatically, okay? Then throw in the, the immediate real rise and impact of the transfer portal in NIL. So now in the midst of all this, you're trying to now also figure out how do we manage the portal? How do we build up our staff to, to, to figure out who's coming in at the rate they're coming in and who we can go after, who, how do we evaluate our own players? And then NIL, now you're trying to recruit. How do we use NIL? Can we use it? What's the infrastructure around that? Um, there is a ton going on all at the same time for Brian Harson coming into a new program and trying to build the program, build the culture, figure out NIL, figure out the transfer portal, uh, keep players happy or don't you move on you know it, it just there to me it, there's a to me it's a it's just been a year of um kind of really tough timing for a coach to come into a place like Auburn in the SEC and and do all that with with all the outside stuff going on as well if you're a program that's already established then all you're doing is adjusting to the portal in the NIL and you've known that's been coming for a few years so you've had time to adjust and so I, I think what he's come into is just sort of everything at once and um and it's just it's caused a lot of friction and a lot of bumps and and the bottom line with harson is man is he tough to coach with is he tough to deal with um probably depending on your personality i mean i've kind of said this for a while you you're either going to mesh with him or you're not from what i understand i mean he he's he's kind of black and white with him and um i think the players that that sort of are more wired that way, probably love it. Black and white, win or don't, in or out, um, and the coaches the same way. I think you've seen so Bert Watts or um, Eric Keesaw um, or Jeff Schmetting. Those guys know what he's about at Boise. Hadn't, hadn't been any issues there. The issues have been with Cornelius Williams or Derek Mason or Mike Bobo, or the guys that don't know how he operates, and there's been friction. So, um, again, I, it's not to me that's not right or wrong. It's just either going to work or it doesn't. Um, I, I don't mind a guy coming in and saying, "This is my culture. This these are my expectations, and this is what we're doing." Period. Um, it's just it's just going to work or not. And if it doesn't, then you can make judgments and say what you did was wrong or right. And I think fans are the same way. I don't think fans care that he's that he butts heads with Derek Mason or butts heads with Mike Bobo. If he wins, I don't think they care. Do it your way, um, and that's what he's trying to do. Um, is it a red flag that that there's been a few coaches that that he's button heads with like that? Again, maybe, maybe not. I mean, we're not we're not in the ins and outs of all that. I mean, it's it's hard to say one coach is wrong and one coach is right if there's friction there. Um, again, I think there's just a way of doing things for Brian Harson, and and if and if if it goes the other way, and if that's just not for you, then it's not for you. Um, is he tough to deal with? Those kind of that, those kind of things, I guess maybe. But the guys at Boise seem to love him. And understand him, whether it's Schmetting and Burt Watts and, and Eric Keesaw. And so, you know, they believe in him. They believe in what he's doing. 
So I'm not saying they're right. Derek Mason's wrong. I'm just saying there are coaches and there are guys that, that, um, you know, look, Austin Davis made the decision to leave the NFL and, and come. Now he changed his mind when he got into, I think the, the demands and the recruiting and flying to California and back. But he, but he seemed to believe in Harson's vision to make the initial decision that he did. Even last year, Tracy Rocker was going to come on board before the NFL came back and got him another job. So it's not like he hasn't had people that have understood or seen his vision, um, you know, in that regard. So I just think there's a lot of stuff going on that probably just take a step back. And if you look, if you want to be on board that he should, you've already made up your mind, so be it. It's fine. Um, I just think there's been a lot of stuff going on and a lot of friction that needs to get itself, get itself worked out um, before we make kind of long lasting judgments on Brian Harson. But the bottom line is it's been a rocky start period. It's been, it's been a rocky start. And so I understand where Auburn fans are at. Well, it's a patience thing and fans have this, well, I'm, I've been patient. I'm sick of being patient without kind of, I, I always use the example of what's what happened with Tennessee for a long time there. And it's just, if you just get a little too trigger happy with just constantly trying to empty, refill and pour the pot in this constant never ending cycle, you just get stuck in the slump and it kind of become an embarrassment. So I think it is no secret that Gus Malzahn's personality and culture and Brian Harson's are from the outside in seem fairly different. I think there was a play. I cannot remember where it was, with, but I think there was a player interview that even uh, one um, forward player was like, Oh no, they're a lot alike and didn't elaborate on that too much, but I would have been like very curious to hear how that would have uh, been down. And who knows that could have just been like, they both love football a lot, but seemingly from the culture do I do what? Well, yeah. I mean, just to hit on that, I like, I mean, just, yeah, they're similar. They're similar in that I would say they're 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 ball coaches. X's mm-hmm. and O's. They love X's and O's. They draw it up on a napkin type of type of deal. Um, I would say they're similar in 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 trying to be detail oriented and kind of almost paranoid ish um, in in you know in in how they approach it. But it's just but then the the, the personalities though beyond that deep down are are then just different. I mean Harson. Um, is just, he's very, very idealistic. I think, I think Malzahn's a little different. I think Malzahn gave a little bit more space for players and coaches to sort of be them. Whereas I think Harson is like, this is how you're going to be. This is how we're going to be. This is how we're going to act. This is how we're going to approach film in the film room. This is how, this is how, this is how we're going to do it. And I think Malzahn maybe gave a little bit more room for guys to sort of be them, be their personality. And, and again, right wrong i mean look at bruce pearl gives his guys a lot of leeway um but he but he wins and those guys know when to turn it on they know when to focus and all that stuff there's a lot of inconsistency with malzahn's program wins and right. losses and so there's not a right or wrong way it's just it's just either we're going to work or it's not and so i think in terms of ball coach x and o i think harson and malzahn are similar that way but in terms of their personality and how they approach what they expect and what they let slide and not let slide it very different harson's like here's the expectations here's the standards period no no room for you're, you're going to be on the front row and if you're not i'm disappointed you're going to be early you're going to be wearing a suit in tiger walk on and on and so i think those are just those are some i think that's the that's the shift that you've seen where some players have adjusted heart tougher workouts or tougher whatever some players like that and are cool with that Derek hall uh, or colby wooden and you see those guys adjust and say absolutely and then you've seen some other guys go yeah that's a little too much for me and, and I think and I think it's kind of fair to understand some of the similarities and some of those differences to kind of get an idea of why things may be the way they are. Because if you really look at it, I mean, Gus Malzahn was under Chiswick. Mm-hmm. That was a semi, the, the extension between the two of those administrations, there's a lot of similarities in how they were. Because if you think about it, I mean, that's where Gus Malzahn was learning his coach. I mean, was it Houston Nutt, Gene Chiswick? So from there, as far as the change, Harson being just a complete outsider, totally different than what had already sort of been a precedence that had already been there. Because a lot of people would really make the arguments of the embers were still pretty warm from when Gus Malzahn left as a coordinator for a year and then came back as a coach. I mean, there were still a lot of similarities. Players knew him, his guys, his systems. So if you really think from 09, until this 2020 versus what Harson is doing versus what was already there. 
a lot of differences that people just are not used to. Then, as you mentioned, factor in everything within IL, the internet, just a new generation of guys, just the culture of football, the money behind football and sports. It is just a huge, I guess it's a growing pains for lack of better words here. And I think it's just sort of understanding the big picture plan and what that looks like. I know you've been saying it too, just like we have to wait. And I'm a big guy too, where I understand, like I see what Harson is trying to do for that to work. If we do not give him the time, I'm actually a pretty big, like I want to give him the patience. I want to give him the time. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt for this thing, because I think we can see what's happening. I, I think fans are just getting way too trigger happy with like, this is it. We've had enough. We need to call Hugh Freeze. We need to write Lane Kiffin a blank check and just throwing out all these ridiculous names that really have no merit. And I just think that's sort of a toxic move for the base. I think it is just silly at this point to even try to entertain those type of deals because where outside of just the figment of imagination, where, where do we really think letting him go? I mean, I would have to say this season – unless it was just an utter disaster, everything went wrong that could have gone wrong. You've got to give him that time to get his systems in place and do it. I know that stinks and it may not be what we wanted, but everybody who knew this stuff coming in straight up said, this is not a short-term fix. This is a three to five year plan to get it right. Rebuild it from the ground up. And I know we've said that's a nauseam, but it seems like every time something bad happens. We have to go through here and repeat the same things that we've said over and over again, because people start freaking out like, Oh no, nothing is going perfect. Like that is the nature of the beast. Look at Nick Saban, his first year, his first, his defensive coordinator was Kevin Steele and he had major Applewhite. They're long gone. Alabama did just fine in the long run. So it is not uncommon for first year coaches to have some first year head coaches to have some turnover within their staff. It's happened. It's survivable. Now, I think Auburn's situation is a little wilder than that. I think it looks like it's just a matter of what's going to happen. But as you were kind of mentioning with the season, if Bo Nix doesn't get hurt and we have a few little injuries that don't happen, and let's just say well, – I'll even, I'll even say you still keep the Mississippi State loss. Surely you're going to beat South Carolina. It's hard to argue to think that you don't beat Alabama – or it's hard to think that you don't lose to Alabama if you got a healthy Bo Nix in there. And correct me if I'm wrong, but – you win those those two games, you win the SEC West. Am I right? Because even with the Mississippi State loss, didn't the Dominoes align right where they still could have won it because Ole Miss beat AM? and um, Gosh, man, I don't know. I feel like they still – well, if you beat Alabama and only have a Mississippi State-Bama, um, possibly. Yeah, because I think that was what it was, yeah. like this weird scenario, even yeah. after Mississippi State. we were Because it was like if we'd beaten South Carolina, like we still could have controlled our own destiny. It's just a weird – sort of deal so let's just say that was a scenario and I, you're not gonna say we beat Houston because if you've been to those other teams you're not playing Houston in the bowl game but that one little scenario of Bo Nix getting hurt could have just completely changed the outlook of the season the attitude of everything and just what I'm kind of getting back to what I mentioned earlier with Harson is like maybe and I I don't want this to sound like a cop-out type of response to it but could it legitimately just be like he's just having some terrible terrible luck now is his leadership supposed to mitigate that and, hey, do things where you control your own destiny a little bit better? Well, that can be argued all day long. But is that too much of a stretch to say that maybe he's just been really unlucky with a lot of things? Um, I, maybe some things. I mean, I don't think, you know, Bobo and Mike Bobo and Derek Mason aren't luck. Those are those are fit issues that he, that he hired them. I think there was decent reason to hire them. They had SEC experience. They had had some success in the past. Um, you know, Bobo seemed to fit in terms of a pro-ish style, not pro style, but little little under center, stuff like that. Derek Mason has, so I don't, to me, those were guys that he hired. Um, he brought on, had SEC experience, they didn't work out. Fit, fit wise, they weren't good, they weren't good fits, friction happened. I don't think those are bad luck. That's just, you know, that's on him. Um, the Austin Davis thing sort of falls into that category. Like, I'm not sure what he was supposed to do there. Bo Nick's getting injured, not, not sure what he's supposed to do there. Um, and so, yeah, but then the second half collapses. Yeah, that's coaching. So I think it's just been a combination of, of, uh, of stuff. And it really started early. I mean, even go back to the way the media treated him about COVID. And we're not going to get into that, but th- just the way the media portrayed him. And I think a lot, a lot of Auburn fans defended him, but it just sort of created drama 
and controversy around his program. And, and you could have even been on his side, but it's, but it, but I think in the back of your mind, you're still thinking drama controversy. Um, and I think that, just, I mean, it was almost like it got off to a rocky start because of that. Um, and then it, and then it, and then it went from there. So fire, firing the receivers coach, that's not lucky. That's, that's 100% Harson's decision to pull the plug and make that change four games in. So I think there's been a combination of stuff that, you know, stuff he can control and stuff he absolutely can control. Well, I, I feel like kind of giving the momentum of things and tell me if this is kind of a good synopsis of this, like a way to kind of sum up the coaching drama the saga of him thus far it seems like it's very much been a three steps forward five steps back type of situation you yeah. get these you get these mid you get these mid-season or you start a few good games and then oh well georgia state all right we're on a good roll up oh, injuries the mississippi and just the worst november ever and you have some good momentum with some really good recruiting stuff all right you lose to houston okay you get some other uh other good recruiting news and then Derek Mason leaves and then the Austin did just everything else has happened in the last two and a half weeks. So I guess one thing that I'm seeing with this is just the, the lack of consistency of just yeah. smoothness, no choppy waters. And that's just what it feels like is the second we get some smooth sailing, like, okay, everything, not, not even have to, not everything has to be great. Just yeah. it is stable. Nothing bad is happening. We're just doing what we need to do. Oh, rug keeps getting ripped out from under us we're back in the middle of a hurricane again and that just seems like what this is and i know kind of what we we're saying here is like how much was in his control how much isn't but at the end of the day he is the leader and unfortunately when you're in a leader leadership position of anything you're still the you're still the fall guy i yeah. mean it's still it's going to be his fault even if it's not really his fault so uh i think the pressure's on him and i, I guess with si actual signing day coming up here soon how uh what is there a realistic situation to turn this around because i think there's a lot of people here who are just waving the waving the warning flags of like hey we need to jump ship and i think there's a other side of the fan base that's a little bit more level-headed that's like guys this isn't a big deal like we're going to be okay so where where do you really fall into that how should we feel what do you think pending some other news doesn't come out that completely turns this opinion on its uh, backside but what do you think can realistically happen to kind of steer this ship right? Um, win, win football games. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm kind of waiting to see. I get, I get where I get where everybody's at right now, and I don't disagree. But, uh, but in terms of saying it'll never work or whatever, I'm just going to wait and see. Um, you know, I think they learned a lot in terms of how 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 to recruit, what it's going to take. They, they hired, uh, you know, additional staff on, in, in, in the recruiting uh, offices in terms of player evaluation, both on, in, on the high school level and the transfer portal. So they understood, hey, we need more people. We need more help. So, so they're, they're building up, you know, beefing up the infrastructure there. Um, and so, you know, and then let's just see. You got a couple of new coaches on board. Um, let's see if they can find a quarterback and let's go from there. I think that's the issue is early, early on, it, it looks like you have a Harson, you have, you have, you have, you have a head coach that um, believes potentially, you know, I don't know is, I don't know the direct answer. Maybe we can ask him, but I mean, he'll, he'll probably give a PC answer to the media, but it, it certainly seems like he believes more in uh, executing on the football field, X's and O's. That's how we win. than go get the best players humanly possible. Um, I think, I think so, so, so again, that's fine. But in the, but in the SEC with, with the talent that's in this league, um, you, you better be getting some studs or, you, or you, you better be far and away a better X's and O's coach to make up that gap. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, like, there's some really good coaches in the league. I, that's pretty, that would be pretty arrogant to think you're the best X's and O's coach and you can scheme people. Just You can just out-scheme people, even if you have lesser talent. Um, and so I think that's the early on kind of the, the hesitancy or the, or the cautious sort of attitude that people are taking is um, recruiting 
you know, you got some okay, you got some good players. What I wouldn't say it's it was awesome. Uh, and then now on this signing day, it looks like you're going to lose out on some of the main guys you're going after to, on this on this kind of last signing day. So I think that's where you're at is, the, and that's where the the additional infrastructure on the recruiting side and the evaluation side. Let's see how that plays out and if that can help Auburn uh, see more guys, evaluate guys, recruit better, maybe maybe get into the portal and, and make better evaluations, stuff like that. It's just, I, it seems like you've seen a lot of programs land a big time portal guy, whether it's Ole Miss and Jackson Dart or uh, Arkansas with with a few of theirs, and and you're like, how, how's Auburn missed out? On, yeah. on some of the high profile guys maybe they were going after now on the on the to be fair on the offensive line all the guys came back so if you wanted mason brooks who i think went to ole miss all, all of auburn's offensive linemen decided to return that's tough to go get a transfer guy that wants to play right away so again there's stuff going on there but i think early on that's probably my biggest hesitation is how how much does he care about recruiting and understand how how big recruiting is not just yeah i know we got to get good players no 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 you don't, you got to get the best players you can you can get even if it's on the line of do they fit my culture maybe maybe not but man they're talented and so I I, I think I think that's where Malzahn he he got the talent he just couldn't scheme it up and so I think right now it's you know Harson's going to have to match his importance of recruiting to his importance of what he thinks scheming and X and O's is or um, I mean it, if you just want to get guys that fit your culture that that fit that's that that's super important it's super important but at some point you're the head coach and you got to bring a guy in that's super talented and make him buy in um yeah. not go get a high school senior that already sort of thinks that way and is lesser talented if, if that makes sense i think that's i think that's sort of where i'm like can he stay at the top echelon in the sec sort of doing it that way i got a curveball question for you i don't know if you thought of this surely you have but you might not and this is a total opinion. Do you think Auburn should just promote Keystown and be done with it or go out and try to find another guy? Um, oh. That's a tough one. Curveball. I mean, at this stage, here's the deal. Brian Harson was already going to be super involved in play calling with Austin Davis. I mean, I had heard that Harson was already saying, I- I'm going to call the plays on game day. Um, and you're bringing Austin Davis had no college experience as an OC from, from just a, from that view, you're not, it's almost like nothing happened. Austin Davis was barely here. He, he, he barely recruited anybody. There's no long-term connections with, with future recruits. So like in that regard, and I think Harson was already going to be a massive part of play calling. So I don't, so like, just in terms of that, you're not, you're not a lot's going to change. It's more just the perception of what in the world's going on. Um, but if Harson's going to be that involved in potentially calling plays, I, I, you know, why not just promote Eric Keesaw? Now, the other aspect of that is the way Harson is sort of approaching this whole thing. If, if, he, if his staff isn't bought into what he wants to do, it's not going to work anyway. So I don't know, <laughs> like might as well just promote Keesaw, go hire a quarterback coach. Um, cause Harson can't be the quarterback coach during practice. He, he's got to pay attention to more things, but go hire a quarterback coach. Um, and then you would have, look, then your offensive and defensive coordinators would be guys you brought from Boise. Um, at that point, it's on you. There, they, they, the expectations, everybody's aligned there. Everybody knows what you're about. Expectations are aligned. Let's see what happens then. Okay. Let me, uh, that, I that wanna... is promote, just promote key. So unless I, I just don't know what's out there in terms of you, who's out there that you're just going to that would just blow up the world. You go hire some OC that college, like NFL. I mean, I just don't know what you do. To me, it's almost more important for Harson to keep that culture and expectations. Promote Keysaw, uh, hire a quarterback coach, and 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 make no more excuses and go build your culture. No, so I'm with you there. So let me ask this, taking that curveball and then throwing another one. Let's just say, keep that scenario. You do that with him. So basically, you have got your guys and your spots. It is 100% all him. If that happens and Auburn has another just bland season, maybe we'll just say six and six versus maybe a similar season, but it's all outside guys. It's none of the Boise guys. It's just more people they brought in that had good pedigrees, just stuff didn't really churn out. Do you think that one scenario – 
with the same record would yield him another year of coaching, or do you think it would be, hey, you're out either way? Uh, like, do you think if he had some scapegoats, would that potentially give him more time? Or is this know. like going I mean, all in with the chips? Like, hey, these are your guys. There's no excuses if this doesn't work. It's on you. I, I mean, I could see a scenario where he promotes Keysaw, Josh Betting. So they go through a season where his his guys are the coordinators. Let's say they go seven and five. I think he could make the argument and say, hold on. The first year was was bumpy. Guys didn't fit what I wanted them to be. We butted heads. I had to make changes. We've only had a year of of kind of instilling my culture again, having my guys coordinating. I've only had one year of doing that. I think we're making progress. I think he could make that case to go like moving forward. Like, yeah, you're right. There's been some changes and let's see what happens in that year. If, if, if you don't hear a lot about internal strife, players, coaches, and the season happens, you can maybe make that case. But if it goes really poorly, like six and six, and you hear about issues again and, um, you know, there, there's, there's, there's underlying stuff that then, then I think you have a red massive, massive decision because then you have, okay, he, he, he put his Boise guys in charge and I, we still heard about internal strife and they still went six and six and it still seemed rocky and inconsistent. And then I think you'd have a problem. I think the best case for him is to put his guys into place and, and have a year where it seems like everybody's bought in, the culture's good. Uh, you hear positive. I mean, the people in the administration know better than we do. They hear, they know kind of the vibe of the culture. If that seems to get better next year, then you can maybe point to things going in a in a in a, in a better direction. It's just crazy that we're talking about two years in after everything I described about what he's got to deal with coming in and trying to build this, and then going, well, that's two years. Do they just you know? It's just that is that is wild to me regardless of all the red flags it's just if that's the new mentality of college football if the, if the new mentality is a year or two years in just deciding that you've yep you've seen enough move on then i don't know what we're doing i mean to, to me you just set a precedent that is good luck going and hiring somebody else by the way if you if you do that who in the world would want to watch gus malzahn be fairly successful right never went never never had a losing season he gets fired okay on a COVID year of all things, on too, with no spring practice. I think there's a lot of reasons to let him go, but a head coach is going to go, God, he had a lot of success. Then you hire Brian Harson, you have you give him two years, and you fire him. What? Who, who are you going to go get? Good luck. Good luck. I, I mean, I almost think you got to give Brian Harson three years because you cannot fire him after two and then go get a head coach. Nobody's coming into that situation. Nobody wants a part of that. Whoa, these guys are these guys are wild. I mean, there is, I mean, there's no room for it. They want me to come in and go nine, nine wins immediately, or I'm on the hot seat. Like, I just think you set a really, really bad precedent. If you seriously consider firing him after, after two well, years. I think one thing that is, is it would be a, I don't think this would be a hot take at all. And if it is blast me for it, but it seems like Harson is not checked out. It seems like he cares. It seems like he is invested in Auburn and wants to grow and be a part of the culture. And what I'm comparing this to is Chad Morris. And we talked to, when we had some spaces, we, we chatted, and of course, over the years with these Arkansas people about their very much disdain for him. And that was kind of the common denominator with him when he was Arkansas's head coach was he was so checked out. He never cared. He didn't want a part of the culture. He didn't want to be here, yada, 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 yada. Now, I don't follow Arkansas like that, so I cannot state that with my own opinion or observations, but that is what numerous Arkansas fans and Arkansas media people have all said pretty much across the board. And naturally, that we saw how that happened with them. I don't get those vibes from Harson, though. I feel like despite a lot of the setbacks, despite the things, he seems to be very present, he seems to be very eager, and he seems to be pushing on. And I think there's got to be something said for that to where – if we did notice there were some checkout issues or disinterest or things like that, that to me would probably be the ultimate red flag, but I don't, am I wrong there? Do you feel That's like he's checked he out? No, 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 no. Okay. I don't think so. He, he's, you know, I, like I said, I think the recruiting is what they got to figure out the importance of it. Uh, Harson needs to be on the trail probably a little bit more, but the, I think that's the big thing is how do they elevate recruiting uh, and making Auburn an attractive place for high school, NIL transfer, uh, portal that that's got to step up um but no I, I think i think what you have is you have a coach in brian harson who is um very idealistic very principled 
um, and very straightforward in a lot of those ways. Here's how we're going to do it. Period. And 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 um, I don't think he cares what you think. He doesn't care what the fans think. He doesn't care what the media thinks. He doesn't care. And you might be like, well, he should care. I hear you. I hear you. Like he he should some they, they shouldn't be in a complete bubble. They should understand maybe a little bit of of expectations and things like that. But if you're coming in trying to set the culture, uh, like Brian Harson is, and you're trying to say this is how we're going to do things. There's a, there's really, I mean, he, he kind of has to say, I just don't care what the media says. I don't care what the fans think about, I just, I don't care. I'm going to have to insulate myself and I'm just going to, I'm going to do it my way and I can't be distracted. Uh, and I think that's how he is. And so I think there's a little bit of disconnect there sometimes when you talk, when, when we talk to him in the media, or, um, I think there's a little bit of disconnect there where you're like, what's going on? And I, I don't think there's a good connection yet with Harson and, and the Auburn people because it's only been a year and it's been rocky. Um, and I think sometimes Harson has an opportunity to talk through the media and he doesn't always take advantage. I think he's just like, yeah, this is what we're doing, like it or not. And well, I think the um, basketball so appearances have been good. Yeah, those have been good. And um, yeah, I mean, look at me. He goes, to, he goes and hands out stuff to the students and he gets cheered and you're like, God, oh, this guy. So there's just, I think, a little bit of disconnect between fans and Harson and expectations and um, getting to know him and understanding him and what he's all about. He, he he probably should do a little bit better job of that. I think there's an opportunity for him to be a little bit more open about that. And, and there's times where the media where he's like, he just kind of answers the questions like, of course, like, that's just, you know, it's almost a dumb question. Like, of course, we're going to do X, Y, Z or wow, you know, that yeah, that's football. I mean, I don't understand, you know. I think so. I think maybe connecting to people a little bit better in terms of building his culture and mm-hmm. opening up about opening up about hey, when when you're trying to do this, there's going to be friction, you know. And, and and I don't know, just opening up about some of that might help. Um, but no, he, he's just here's how he's going to do it, and it's either going to work or it doesn't. And they just they just don't care about outside noise. I mean, I I think the Austin one of the things I've heard about this Austin Davis deal is that's been going on, and Harson's just been like. I'll deal with it on whatever. Like, so it's Monday and and they could have released this Sunday, Saturday, probably even last week. Uh, I think that they probably could have, this probably was done. And he was like, no, nah, I'm going to deal with it after the weekend. R- rumors were going crazy, right? Like all this stuff, none of that mattered. He was going to deal with recruiting, deal with the junior day, and he'll deal with it on Monday. And just the rumors kind of, so that's just his way of, I'm doing it my way. Y'all can, y'all can, y'all can do whatever you want on the outside, but here's, here's how we're going to operate. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to let you in on a little bit of kind of just how I think he is, and um, and 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 you know he, he did. But ultimately, win ball games. That's it. Win ball games. Be consistent, and and fans will jump back on your side, man. Beat Penn State. Go beat Penn State early in the year, and 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 see what happens. Yeah, going back to what I was saying at the very beginning, kind of comparing the personality quirks to Malzahn and Harson. I, I think that's important for a lot of folks to understand to kind of just get what's going on get why it's going on, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the last points on this is with the Boise guys, we're kind of talking about them and their roles with Schmetting and potentially, let's just say hypothetically, Key Sound and with Darren Usher up there in recruiting. I, I think it's pretty safe to say that it seems like his guys, as far as, you know, practice, running games, culture, respect the players, et cetera, et cetera, for guys that are buying in. I mean, that there really hadn't been any hiccups with that. I think the biggest thing that a lot of people are still kind of scratching their head and critiquing on is just the recruiting and especially kind of the lop side of it. I mean, it seems defensively it's been doing very well. And outside of just, I think now what do we have three quarterback transfers with uh, starting with TJ, then Ashford and Calzada, but there really hasn't been a whole lot of other uh, big moves with either transfers or high school or Juco guys on the offensive side. So that, Definitely is kind of the big head scratcher there. And that seems to be the biggest critique with a lot of the Boise guys. Of course, we know in the modern age of football is probably just the most important thing that there is out there is how or why or can these guys recruit? Should we even put them in these positions if they've just really shown over the last year that this is not their strong suit? Is there a way to sort of calm that mind of thinking or just sort of pivot what some folks might think or is that still like a yeah that that's a problem and we just have no idea how that's going to pan out with these guys um yeah i just i just 
I, I'm not sure how it's going to pan out. I mean, we're, we're going to find out culture over, over, uh, over anything else. I mean, we're going to find out like, is it, is it more important that, that you have a staff that is just lockstep? Um, or is it more important that you can get the best coaches and coordinators you can get? They got to buy in. Maybe there's friction at times, but we all are trying to win and you manage that and you win versus I don't want to deal with any people stepping out. I want everybody. I don't want to deal with it. I know, I know what he's about. I know what he's about. We trust each other. It's all good. You're just about to find out, I think, on, on terms of that culture uh, versus, you know, I mean, I just, you can't build a staff for years and years and years and just always have guys that you've just been with the whole time. It just, just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's fine this year. If you're building it, okay, I can understand maybe trying to build it, man. But at some point, you know, we're going to have to see Harson go hire two coordinators that have not been with him in the past and that roll with him. They work well together and they win football games. And that's been one year, right? And I haven't had a lot of opportunities. One year didn't go well. You had two coordinators who you butted heads with both of them, and they're both gone. And 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 Mason Bobo and 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 uh, Mason Bobo and Harson are not buddies. Okay, they're not. They're not. They didn't leave on great terms. Bobo's not out there going, man. You know, just wasn't for me. But man, Harson's a great guy. Mason, none of that's happening. So we'll try this again and see if he can bring guys in that you know, at some point, bring in some coordinators that they can work together and win football games. Right. And I, I guess uh, it was last week, I believe that Harson was uh, bopping around visiting some um, high schools across the state. I think infamously the picture of him and Pat Nix. I know I saw him. I think he was at Spain Park High School as well as um, a few others getting the just getting some handshakes out there, getting boots on the ground at these high schools. And it's been very well documented and known for a while for folks who follow recruiting that this Next up and coming class of 2023, as far as high school players in Alabama, it's just absolutely elite comparative to the talent pool size compared to how it normally is for a state the size of Alabama. And it's no secret that Gus Malzahn didn't win a lot of the in-state battles, at least in the state of Alabama, as means he should have. It seems like Harson is putting a little bit extra emphasis on this. How important is it to start getting some guys in that big class in state? Because, I mean, 2023 will be his class from top to bottom pretty much as far as his involvement with recruiting them. How is that outlook looking? Yeah. I mean. Too early to tell, but I I, I haven't heard any indication that he's treating in-state any more important than he did before. I mean, I've I've heard there's a couple kids in state that are big-time players that or have already openly said other schools out of state are recruiting them harder than Auburn is right now. And, and even a couple of guys that didn't come to junior day because uh, they, just, they weren't sure like Auburn just wasn't really on them a lot at the moment. Yeah. And do we think, so, but do we not, do we not see that as a potential problem for losing, losing the guys in our own backyard? It's a potential problem when you're a top 100 player type player in state. I mean, and, and you're like, I mean, that that I think is just what are you doing if you're Auburn? I mean, are you saying, well, we haven't properly evaluated? It doesn't matter. He's in state. Show him a bunch of love now. Figure it out later. You don't Look. want early on him going. They're not showing me a lot of love yet. Oh well, we're still trying to evaluate players. I mean, I'm top 100 in state. I mean, I'm pretty good. Maybe show me love now and then figure out later. Maybe he's not quite the the fit, and, and then turn the interest down there. So no, I, long way to go in terms of recruiting and 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 what we think about the staff and if they can land the type of players consistently across the board, not one here that one, one there, like a step up and in, in some guys, cause you're going to look back at this class and go between portal and high school and missed a bunch. Like they're going to miss a bunch of guys and you're going to go, God, they lost him to Ole Miss. And they lost him to you know Florida, they lost him to here. They lost him to here. Um, and that kind of puts you in your place a little bit. Cause obviously with, you know, Cristobal coming down to Miami, yeah. uh, Auburn had done pretty well over the number of years recent past years of doing pretty well in South Florida. Well, Cristobal being back and what he has done and is doing with recruiting. Well, there goes a hotbed of recruiting just right there. Schools like Florida state, Georgia, Ole Miss, LSU, I mean, are going to be looking up here. So I, that to me is just a, a scary point to see like if these guys aren't going to get that, I mean, it could, it could be really Rocky waters. Cause yeah. I think if the season is okay, but we are just pushing a lot of momentum and recruiting for 2023. I mean, I think that could get, I think if you have a seven and five season with a really promising recruiting class, I mean, I think fans could 
really get behind that. And I, this is, this is me opinion. I think if you do not have that high recruiting class, you just got some Rockies or you're, you've got guys who decommit and flip to rivals and just stuff like that. That's where I really think that the waters could get so choppy to where you might have been seeing a lot of people just completely jump ship. Cause look at what Bruce did with, with Atlanta. I mean, he was in where George is in basketball now because Athens couldn't land guys in their backyard. I mean, George, Bruce is getting George's just, you know, players of the year, you know, here, 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 here with what he did with the Coro and then what he ended up getting with Walker, Sharif, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And that's what other schools are going to – other out-of-state schools that are in the southeast are going to want to do with Alabama if they notice there's talent here. And you've got Georgia, you've got Alabama, these juggernauts in your backyard – what Lane Kiffin's doing at Ole Miss and who knows what's going to end up happening with LSU and then even some of the momentum Florida State's getting. I mean, Auburn is in the middle of a hotbed of competition. And as you mentioned earlier, it is a little arrogant to think that, oh, well, you know, we don't have the best guys. We've got some really good guys, but we can out-scheme X's and O's, these literal best coaches in the nation. I'm with you there. I I don't necessarily – I'm not necessarily convinced that that's going to be the way to win ball games either. Yeah. And obviously X's and O's is important, but at the end of the day, it's like you're going up against the best and the best. They're not, they're not considered the best because they get out schemed by other guys. So. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. I think the recruiting is a big part of it though. Um, start to see some progress being made there and feel like things are going in the right direction. And that'll be a, that'll be a good start because you can't win a game until the fall, but some good things could happen recruiting wise before then. I mean, you could get good news. You could get some early commits. Um, you know, you could have some recruiting wins between now and in the summer um, that would make fans say, okay, feels like things have ticked it up a notch. And so that's going to be massively, um, that's going to be massively important. All right, let's roll. I'm about to go talk to Bruce Pearl, the number one team in the country uh, in the AP poll again. And they just moved up to number one in the coaches poll. They're actually tied with Gonzaga. The coaches just can't put Auburn number one. They just can't do it. Uh, but they're tied with Gonzaga, the exact same number of first place votes. But regardless, for the first time ever now, it's now number one slash number one Auburn in both polls. So we're going to go talk to uh, to Bruce as they get ready for Alabama. Woo, yeah, game. exciting, exciting stuff. Yeah, and we didn't even get to booting. We didn't get to all the basketball news in the last I know. week. Well, I mean, that's look, a whole other. Eh, basketball is just doing their thing. They're number one. What do, you, what do you want? What do you want? Um, yeah, we've got uh, a <laughs> we've got plenty of time for all that. Yeah, they're number one. They're winning games, man. They're doing their thing. Um, all right, man. Appreciate you joining us. Um, we'll catch up next week um, and see if things uh, have chilled out on the football front and see if we're talking about uh, look rivalry rivalry week. That's hard to say. Uh, Bama and Georgia this week. Auburn can sweep those two teams for the first time since 1819, the same season they went to the Final Four. So big week for, uh, for Auburn in basketball. All right, dude. Appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. As I always happy to be here. War Eagle. Yep. We'll see everybody. AuburnLive.com. Go subscribe. 50% off right now for probably a week or so, and then it'll be done. So AuburnLive.com. Appreciate it. We'll see y'all later. See you guys. Thank y'all. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.